Hey everybody, Cameron here, and I just want to let you guys know that I will be in Portland, Oregon, May 30th, recording an album for Kill Rockstars. This is a really exciting thing, and you can be a part of the taping. Tickets are just five bucks. There's two shows, one at seven, one at ten. Rhea will be there with me, and you guys can find out more information and buy tickets at MississippiStudios.com. Please come out and see me there. Put your hands together. 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 What's up, everybody? Thanks for coming out to the UCB. Put your hands together. 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 Buddies, yes, that's great. Fucking yes, you guys. Great, a special guest in the house tonight, Val, who totally does my makeup sometimes. Round of applause for Val. You don't understand how important that is. You don't understand how important that is. I'm a beautiful person, uh, but I can't make any amount of makeup go on my face. Uh, not at all. And uh, I look like a dirty, uh, fell down guy. If I try to do it myself, it's rough, you know what I mean? Real blown out. <laughs> but I'm just at the point in my career, and by career I just mean personal life, where sometimes I just interpersonally hire a pal to come to my house, put makeup on my face. <laughs> Great stuff. Has anybody ever, uh, has anybody here ever uh, done their own makeup? <laughs> Couple people. How do you do? Where did you learn that? From where did you get that skill? From whence? My mom taught me. Your mom taught you? I don't know what. I don't know why. My mom's a great gal. I feel like, well, maybe I was like, no! No! It's probably from that. Like, my sisters know how to do it. It's not, I don't know why I'm blaming her. My mom didn't teach me. I was probably like, shut up forever! And then I put my head in a baseball mitt or whatever I did. I wasn't ever doing any of that. <sighs> None of that. <laughs> Actually, literally, Val's sitting next to Rachel, who also does my makeup. There's literally two women here who do my makeup. That's amazing. Um, no, I don't do my own makeup at all. And my, my little sister's amazing at makeup. I remember when she was, like, really little, and then she had, like, a teen Cosmo uh, subscription. Is that even still a thing? See? They fucking know. And she would come downstairs and she'd be like, check it out, pistachio eyes. And I was just like, I don't know what you're talking about. Because they're green? They're a little green? Is that why? What do you mean? Did you crack a nut on your eye? Cameron Esposito, I'll be hosting tonight. You can clap for me. What a charming person I am, and I'm sweating a bit. Uh, so, you know, that's all for you guys. And last week, I was uh, under the weather, and so uh, Rhea Butcher did host in my stead, and let's hear it for Rhea. You'll see her later. She's one of the producers on the show. Thanks, Rhea. You'll see her later. And also, uh, our third producer, Ryan McMenamin, up, uh, up in the booth, runs the show, but what else does he do 
you by also, as you know, we work as a triumvirate, but, but, and that's a big word. Um, but on top of that, uh, Ryan also helps us put this show out as a podcast. And so it's for that reason that I'm going to let you guys know right now, uh, in this group right here, on uh, May 15th, here in this very room, I'll be doing an hour of stand-up, and I understand that some of you guys are probably going to come back to that. Look, already I've been nailing it. Ooh, pistachio eyes. She really got into that chunk. <laughs> you know, like, that's kind of a thing you want to hear more about, like, what other nut eyes I'm going to reference. Walnuts, chestnuts, I don't know, open fires. You don't know. But... Uh, also, there's podcast listeners at home. They might want to come to the UCB Theater in Los Angeles on May 15th at 8 p.m. and see me do an hour of stand-up. So then that might be great, yeah. And thank you, look at your, just your zeal for life, just applauding for anything. Just, no, don't, don't stop. Well, first of all, thanks for the eight claps, and they weren't even in a rhythm that made sense. Just like a baby, just like a clapping baby. Um, just a little tiny baby clapping arms. Great. What a terrific night. (sighs) You guys look amazing because it's nice to be back here uh, in Los Angeles because I I was in... uh, Well, you know where I performed over the weekend? Old Hollywood Esposito. I performed... I performed in Vegas for the first time. Vegas! Vegas! And at the Mirage! At the Mirage, which is a, a place even. You know what I mean? Like a real theater with, um, it's a, from a hotel and stuff. It's one of those uh, ones on the old, uh, you know, stripperoonie. And you can go, no, there's not stripperoonies in there, but that's a different thing uh, down the street. But you can, it's just, you know, right on the old, uh, and every hotel has their own thing. And I don't know if you've been to Vegas, but it's awful, first of all. Very awful in every way. You get off the plane, and the baggage claim sign just says, baggage claim, liquor store. There's two directions, like a scarecrow from a very drunk Wizard of Oz. You could go to the liquor store before you leave the airport, which means you'd have to just then have a bunch of extra things to carry which is terrible planning. (laughs) I feel like there's gonna be liquor where you're going in Vegas. I don't know if you guys know anything about Vegas, but it's not like hard to get alcohol. You probably don't need to be like, "Mm, we should probably stock up. Because I wonder if they'll have alcohol at my hotel that's mostly built of alcohol. (laughs) Oh, I mean, it was wonderful being there and I I was happy to have the chance uh, because it was definitely a challenge, but like, just what a weird, and then just, you know, just everybody just like, because here's the thing about when you're performing in Vegas, you're, you are hired by the casino, or any time you're performing at a casino, because I've done it a couple times now, you're, you are, the, your whole job is to make sure that people walk through the gambling floor to go to the theater, like, and then turn around after the show and walk back. That's your whole job. Like, you can, you can be great, nobody gives a fuck. Because they've been given tickets so that they stay in the casino. That's the whole point. So you're performing for people that are just like, what? Why? What is this? Who is this? Why did I, what is this? What time's the Beatles show? They just don't give a fuck. And then I get out on stage and I'm like, I need my rights. I am a gay woman and I need my rights. And they're just like, 
we don't, honestly, everything they're saying, we don't give a fuck about that. That is basically <laughs> what they're saying to you with their bodies. Uh, and I know that. So it was just, and here's the thing, like, it doesn't even rattle me. I know it's not me. Like, so it was just like a, it was just slow start. Just a, just a uh, tepid, I think is the word I would use, start. Uh, where, you know, just a smattering of laughter, uh, but mostly confusion about where they were and why I wasn't a slot machine. Um... <laughs> And then, then, then I mentioned that I was engaged, and this is like, so I've already been on stage for like 10 minutes, just, just uh, killing um, in the way that carbon dioxide kills, you know, just monoxide, di- whatever one, the killing one. Just silently and slowly, <laughs> without leaving a trace. <laughs> uh, and then, and then I was like, and I'm engaged. And just a person yells out, First of all, now, this is what they said. I'm going to say it first, but then I'm going to tell you the tone of voice that they used. So I said, I'm engaged, and then somebody yelled, you're the devil. (laughs) But the voice that they happened to use, I don't know if they had another voice, and this is just what escaped, but the voice that that person chose to use, I don't know how long they've been drinking, or if they've been in like a zero-depth pool too long, but the voice that they chose to yell was, you're the devil! It was a real takes one to know one sort of situation. <laughs> wherein Satan himself appeared to be questioning the validity of my gayness. <laughs> I mean, and I'm like, you just have to laugh it off. Sometimes when people yell stuff uh, onto the stage from their seats with their mouths, it's, 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 sometimes, it's, sometimes it's offensive, you know, because like, like, um, like, for instance, I've had somebody yell, uh, the, I've had somebody yell dyke at me. And that is just like, Nope. Nope, forever. Like, I'm not going to laugh at that. I'm going uh, to shame you. You're going to be very embarrassed. And hopefully the audience carries you out and puts you to death. <laughs> and not the kind where it works. That was a very specific and very topical and very off-color capital punishment joke. That I seamlessly wove in there. And it wasn't correct. Like, I don't think, I don't feel good about it, but I also think you guys missed it. So I just want to point it out uh, because I stand behind my split-second decisions in terms of heavy political topics. The heavier the topic, the more I just rattle whatever off. Um... one if somebody yells you're the devil like you just have to laugh at them and then you have to make fun of them for about 15 minutes just everything what's going on with you is your voice all right like how like what would you have to do you know any i mean the devil isn't even real like the premise your premise is flawed but then your delivery mwah. So I loved it. I mean, I was really having the time of my life. And I will say that, like, once I was rolling through that, even the white hairs in the room were like, mm, she's all right. <laughs> like, sweater sets were into it. I saw several... Oh, that's not what they're wearing. What are they wearing? Like, tank tops. I didn't, I didn't mean to say there's sweaters happening. It's flip-flops, for sure. Everybody's just... No, or, like, dresses. Vegas, fucking Vegas. Oh, my God. I just... I hate any time that adults think that alcohol is wild. 
I just think you get one night, and you get your 21st birthday, when you're just like, can you believe it? I'm taking a thing, and I drink it in my face, and then when I drink it, I feel silly! I feel silly, and I lay on the floor! The night of your 21st birthday is the last night. I'm not saying you can't have fun. You should, if you are drinking, it's okay to have fun. But I just don't need think you need to just be like, <laughs> can you believe how wild my life is? I'm doing a thing that everybody else around me is also doing, and I paid to do it. Like, you're not crazy. You're not interesting. It's boring, actually. Like, you're boring me right now. But I was, I was taking the elevator down, and I was taking... Uh, the elevator down uh, from a hotel room with a bunch of little Smokies, um, which is what I'm calling women wearing short dresses and high heels. Little Smokies. You should use that. That's very funny. Um, I was with a bunch of little Smokies, and they were wearing them real shorties, and then them real highs, uh, and we got to the bottom. They were, I mean, these women were 35. Like, they were great, having a great time, but they're 35. And then we got to the ground floor, and then we walked out of the elevator, and there, were, there was a group of, I mean, 50-year-old men who were wearing, like, cargo shorts and, uh, and polo shirts and just holding solo cups, which, by the way, I should have knocked out of their fucking hands. You're 50! <laughs> glass and have some class <laughs> but they were drinking from solo cups and these little smokies walked past them and I swear they all just like like a cartoon they went like whoa like, like they went like they made those noises that me- I mean I've been catcalled many times in many gross ways but nobody sounds like a cartoon wolf in real life <laughs> nobody has to like roll their tongue back into their face did because that I could just tell that they were just like we're in Vegas we can do whatever like they just and as a group and I just and they're gross you know just definite back hair which is fine which is fine but like you know not also if you're gonna do that you know if you're gonna be like you have to be like who do you have to be to get away with that anybody I would accept that behavior from like I like a smooth skin like a little like a bait like a like a just a, a, a zygote of a human I would not accept that behavior from an infant Justin Bieber I would not expect that from anybody and I would not be okay with it but certainly not these men um, anyway my point is I highly recommend Vegas please get there as soon as you can uh, try the buffet. The food is old. <laughs> you guys have been great right up top. You've been great. Oh, and I'm super toasty, but there's a reveal that's about to happen, and I'm not proud of it, but I'm just so hot. I think my face is red. I gotta take this off. Oh, guys, this is so embarrassing. Oh, no. Short sleeves. What a shame. They're not even rolled cool. Like a cool guy with like a super cigarettes or whatever. I don't smoke, but I want you to think I do. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, this first comic on the show tonight. A pal of the show, a pal of mine. Just a great, great comic in L.A. We're so happy to have him. Let's hear right now from Mr. Brent Sullivan. Get up for Brent. 
Uh, thanks, everyone. What do you say we keep it going one more time? Uh, I was uh, I was online at the grocery store uh, today. I was wearing uh, this hoodie with a T-shirt underneath, um, but it was very hot, so I took off the hoodie. Uh, but I made that rookie mistake of not grounding my T-shirt <laughs> to my jeans first, so I just took my shirt off. <laughs> In front of oh ten strangers. <laughs> And the cashier actually stopped to say, are you okay? To which I responded with, who here wants to dance? <clears throat> and I started dancing and I left with, uh, with the, gro the groceries. <clears throat> I was... Uh, <laughs> I was at a wedding recently at a very fancy hotel. Um, there were four gay men at the wedding, myself included. Uh, I found out the next morning that three of them had a three-way. <laughs> Felt very left out of that. And one of the guys chosen for the three-way was in his 40s and he had a ponytail, for fuck's sake. <laughs> what? Why am I losing to this? So I did what I'm absolutely positive you all would have done under those same circumstances. Uh, I had my brother approach them and find out why I hadn't been invited <laughs> to their disgusting, miserable, unimpressive three-way the night before. The answer is, quote, I don't look like a three-way kind of guy. Fair enough. I do not have a badass ponytail on back. I will agree with that. It was good for me to learn this about myself now, though, because I realized if I ever wanted to murder someone, I would do it at an orgy. Because apparently, no one would believe I was there. Even, like, witnesses would be like, that looks like the guy that shot Tony, but... We would never have invited him. never would have been there. I woke up in the middle of the night the other night uh, and I went to the bathroom, but I was very hungry. So on the way back, I put four Oreos in my mouth and then I fell asleep on my back before I finished chewing. You might be wondering, how do you remember doing such a thing? Which would be a fair question. Because around four seconds later, I woke up choking to death. <laughs> just dying in my bed. No big deal. It's crazy because I feel like I've, I've heard people talk in the past about how like the most dangerous place to be is at home because so many things can happen to you at home and it's like... I, it's like I get it. Like recently, look, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to brag, but uh, I masturbated, <laughs> and I brought things to completion as I almost always do. And then when I got up, I masturbate lying down because I'm very depressed. Uh, when I got up, 
I actually slipped in a pool of lotion that I had spilled, fell down, and slammed my head on the ground. Like, what if that's how I died? What if after 30 years on this planet, that is how I died? And I've thought about this a lot. I'm positive the cops would have just lied to my parents. I called my mom, Ben, like, ma'am, I'm sorry to inform you, but uh, your son was murdered this morning. We think sometime between 11 and 11.30, someone snuck into his apartment, pulled down his pants, and in trying to shuffle to safety, he came on himself and collapsed. (laughs) Very sorry for your loss. Uh, I've had uh, I've had a therapist for about three years, uh, same therapist, and uh, before w- one of our recent sessions, uh, I asked him uh, what neighborhood in L.A. he lives in, and he told me, "quote I don't feel comfortable telling you that." That's probably a new low for my life. That the man who knows me best in the world thinks I'm such a frothing lunatic. I can't be trusted with vague geographic information about his, his life. I once admitted to this guy that one of my first wet dreams was to the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. The least you could say is Silver Lake. You could give me that. I'm <clears throat> uh, from Michigan, original. Oh, a little excessive sufficient. Well, then you'll understand this. I can uh, summarize my 22 years in Michigan with the following story. I was at a Chinese food restaurant uh, once, and I overheard the woman uh, at the table next to me say to the waiter, what kind of Chinese restaurant doesn't have a ranch dressing? (laughs) Just never go there. Uh... I met my favorite homophobe in the world, though, in Michigan. His name is Fred Phelps. He's the minister of the Westboro Baptist Church, which is famous for the God Hates Fag sign. He just recently died. But I thought he was amazing uh, because he came to my university senior year and he protested my school because, and I'm not making this up, Elton John had been there once. That was the whole reason why he was there. So I went to the counter-protest, and I got a little bored uh, at the counter-protest, and I started calling Fred uh, a fag to his face, like assuming that was going to get a rise out of Fred Phelps. And like three or four iterations in, he actually dropped his sign. He looked me dead in the eyes, and he said, I'm not the fag, fag, greatest comeback of all time. It was so good, my dad was actually next to me. He leaned in and said, he's got you there. (laughs) All right, thanks, everyone. (laughs) Guys, Brent's having one more time for Brent. Who was so into Michigan? Where are the Michigan folks at? That's wait. I that I. There's no way I could have predicted it was that many people. Are you a group? Nope. Independent Michigan people. Michiganers? Yeah, that's it. Uh, Michiganji, I think. Um, what are you guys doing here? Do you live here? Do y'all live here? 
Vacation. First of all, please answer, answer individually <laughs> and kind of in an annoyed way. <laughs> uh, vacation, vacation. <laughs> well, that's great. I'm from the Midwest myself. I hope you enjoy. Uh... <laughs> I mean, just and just like it's it's as if you assigned as a group when each person would do it to cover the most distance. I'll start, then I want to flip it to the other side of the aisle. Someone in the middle, back row. That's how we'll woo. <laughs> well, you know what would have been great? If you'd position somebody backstage. You know what I mean? I'm not trying to, t- I'm not trying to tell you how to do your jobs, but that's a working door. You know, can you imagine? Even right now, if somebody popped out. Woo! I mean, but that's why I'm a professional. I really understand how things work. Oh, you guys. Hey, this next comic, it's her first time on the show. She's in from New York. We're going to be extra kind to her because we're always super lovely to people when it's their first time on the show. Let's hear it now for Peggy O'Leary, guys. Give it up for Peggy. Come on. Hello. How's everyone doing? I'm on vacation, too. Michigan, the four people, five people, 20 of you. Is there 20 of you? Is it a meetup? Did you guys like Google what are Michigan people doing in LA? Does that work? I hope it does, right? Any Philly people here? Really? No? You are? Eagles fans, anybody? Yeah, cool, cool. Um, I'm actually, I'm a comedian in New York, but I'm from Philly, come on. Thank you, big fan. I'm a big fan. One guy follows me around the world, it's crazy. Uh, he uh, Facebook stalks me. Uh, it's getting creepy, uh, but it's fine. I have security outside, so it's good. Um, yes, I did. I went to School of Visual Arts. You're right. Um, didn't do anything with that degree, obviously. Uh, I, do you guys think that if you saw a piece of shit uh, on the ground and there was a $100 bill inside of the piece of shit, do you think if people were around, you'd pick it up? Yeah. You would? See, I don't think you would pick it up, but if you were by yourself, you would definitely pick it up, wash that $100 bill off, and have the best night of your life, right? I think that's the way guys used to fuck me when I was fat. Is everyone here an ex-fatty? Hi. You guys were doing it. We're fine. No, seriously, it's like, because that's the thing. I mean, like, I, I don't, I... When you, I was, I was in Philly, and this girl walked in the bar. She had gained some weight, and the guys were like, "Oh yeah, Ashley got fat and ugly. Ashley got fat." I was like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa that's not fair. She just got fat." No, it's the same thing. It's not the same thing, okay? And it's not fair because if you're a guy that gains fifteen to twenty pounds, girls are like, "Oh my god, Joe got funny. <laughs> when did John get so funny? Oh my god, he has a tight shirt on. He's so cute. Come here." A girl gains 50 to 20 pounds. She's fat and ugly for the rest of her life. Um, no? Okay, I know, I get it. You guys are really... Everyone's struggling with their weight. I get it. It's, uh, it's my struggle. It's my personal struggle. I'm bad at dating, obviously. I tell everybody that I'm an ex-fat. Like they, I'm just like, I used to be 250. And guys are like, get away from me. This is weird. Stop yelling in my face. Uh, I get a lot of advice from friends that are really good. Like, some friends say good things, like, stop yelling at people. No one wants to date that. That's great. Uh, but one thing my friends always say to me is, don't sleep with a guy on the first date. 
because uh, he won't call you back. We've all heard this, right? I hate this cliche. The number one reason I hate this cliche, why am I on this date? <laughs> the whole point of dating is to get laid, am I right? Like, literally, if dating was a sport, getting laid would be winning, okay? It's been a rough year for old Peggy over here. I'm not going to the finals, okay? I want to play one regular season game well, you know? <laughs> and it'd be great if that's the way dating worked out, because my draft pick this year would be so sick. <laughs> He'd, like, fucking like to cuddle and have a job. That's so hard to find. They're either lazy and lovable or like a go-getter and never kiss you, you know? <laughs> uh, the second reason I don't like that cliche is I actually always get a call back after I sleep with a guy. I'm not trying to toot my own horn, I just do. It goes like this, like, hey, Peg, you want to get beers with me and my friends? Sure, awesome, already meeting the friends, wonderful. It's like, yeah, because uh, I really like this girl, Erica, and I'd love to get a lady's perspective. <laughs> so I stopped sleeping with guys on the first date because I got too many buddies. <laughs> This pussy knows how to make friends, guys. <laughs> guys, if my pussy was in a beauty pageant, it would win Miss Congeniality. <laughs> if my pussy was walking down the street right now, you would all be like, hey, I like that dude. He's pretty cool. <laughs> Basically, if my pussy was an actor, it'd be Tom Hanks. <laughs> we all love him, but you don't want to bring him home and say, this is my wife, you know? <laughs> Not gonna happen. <laughs> People get mad at me uh, for saying pussy on stage. They're like, oh, you're just trying to be a shocking girl comic that says pussy a lot. I'm not. I'm not like, yeah, I got a big pussy. Get your dicks inside. <laughs> I don't know. Is that what a shocking comic does? I'm not really sure. Uh, that's how much of a... I'm uncomfortable just saying that, okay? The thing is that I'm a modern woman. It's 2014. I fucking have a pussy. I'm going to talk about it. I'm sorry. It's just the way it is, you know? You guys get to talk about your dicks. Talking about my pussy. And the alternative to saying pussy is vagina. I'm gonna say it again, it's vagina. That sounds like an annoying girl you went to high school with. It's just like, oh, oh God, here comes vagina again. Don't look, don't look. Hi, vagina, how are you? Oh, why are you already sweating, vagina? Jesus, get it together. Comb your hair. Pussy sounds like that fun girl you went to high school with, right? No one knows what a real name is. She's just pussy. <laughs> it's like if she wasn't failing, she'd totally be student body president. Like, she's the best. You're like, hey, pussy, what you doing later? You going to the party? Of course you are, pussy. You crazy. You crazy, pussy. You're going to die soon, pussy. <laughs> Pussy's a recovering alcoholic. It was a tragic story, you know? She really peaked in high school. <laughs> I, uh, I do live in New York, and uh, I, was, uh, I was walking down the street, and you get catcalled in New York a lot. I don't think that happens in L.A. because you guys drive everywhere, but uh, you get catcalled a lot in New York, and so I've been living there for eight years. I just keep walking when someone talks to me on the street. Um, but recently, like, two like Jersey bros were catcalling me, and they did something I didn't think it happened. They did this. They went, when I walked past them, they're like, whatever, you're too fat for us anyway. So I turned around and went, And then the voice inside my head was like, Peggy, come on. You're a lady. And I yelled, I'm not a lady! <laughs> so uh, what these poor bros heard was, suck it, I used to be 250, I'm not a lady. I'm sorry, guys, you just met the most insecure trans of all time. <laughs> guys, I'm 
Relaxed. Look at your fucking life. You're high? I know. <laughs> but I love that you also cupped your. I'm. Would you, did you smoke, or would you eat something, or would you do? Uh, yeah, can't remember. <laughs> yeah, I know. I didn't see it. It's right in there. One of them crispies, one of them crispy treats. Pop it right in. Mm. Uh huh. Yeah, I'm. Describe, you're describing the same thing that I just said to you. Almost, it feels like you know, I was right, actually. <laughs> Rice Krispie Treat and Fruity Pebbles Treat, it's the same. It's like six cups of cereal, 40 marshmallows. <laughs> That's the recipe for Rice Krispie Treat. <laughs> Two sticks of butter. <laughs> I can do that. Well, listen, you're in a safe space. So just be what you're doing. Be what you're doing. That's a good thing to say to a high person. Just be what you're doing. But what am I? <laughs> I've only gotten too high off of edibles one time in my life. I'm not saying you're too high. You seem just the right amount. Yeah. I don't think you need to be higher. Because you're... You would fall onto the floor. (laughs) Which would make it harder to enjoy the show. Because if your bottom would be below, and you'd have to look, it would be hard on the neck. I have only been too high on edibles one time. And um, I was dating a gal at the time who was, you know, just pretty into baking. And she was good at it. And I didn't listen to her. Because when people are really good at baking uh, with marijuana, they know how much to use. And so if they say, like, eat a bite of this, then you should just be like, okay. I think I had like six brownies. <laughs> and it was New Year's Eve. And we were at a party together. And I got so high that she was like, I think I need to go home. And I was like, oh, I'll stay. <laughs> so I just stayed at a party that happened to be um, at an, like, a, like a punk rock art space owned uh, by some circus performers I was pretty good friends with at the time. Michigan can't fucking believe it. This is in the Midwest. 
And so I was at this art space, and uh, a, um, a performer got up on stage and uh, was um, like a David Bowie-looking character that was just like, anything is possible. <laughs> In a great way. And then uh, that performer took, uh, was singing, but not in a way that you would recognize as singing, <laughs> if you were listening to it. Occasional beeps, backed by a person on a keyboard, just playing what's already programmed on the keyboard, <laughs> like a drum sound. <laughs> and then uh, this person was singing, and then uh, they grabbed a knife uh, from their boot, and it was a big knife, like a butcher knife. Like, not the kind of knife you should carry in your boot if you know anything about knife safety. <laughs> and then uh, they procured a giant duck, a big stuffed duck, a big one, size of me, and uh, sawed that duck's head off as a part of the art piece. And you know what was in there? Lollipops and glitter. <laughs> flung from the duck onto the viewers including myself I wouldn't say you should eat six brownies but if you do make sure you've already in advance arranged a friendship with some circus performers see if they can have a show get that kind of act booked on the show you want there to be a stuffed animal that seems undisturbed like it hasn't been stuffed with anything and then when the head is sawed off just nothing that could have come in that duck originally you know just tons of stuff that how'd that get in there how'd they sew it back up how much work did that tank how many bags of lollies is that and your mouth is gonna be dry you're gonna want to suck on one of the lollies New Year's, you don't need a kiss. Just chill right where you are. Put that lolly in your face. You're going to need to be there for five to six hours. <laughs> the party will have ended. But again, you're at your friend's place, so you can just stay as long as you need. And that's some instructions for you later tonight. <laughs> Which I think are great. I think I really have laid out a plan that we should all follow. Uh, you guys, wow. I've never told that story on stage before, and I can't believe how perfect it was. I don't just mean my telling of the story. I mean that those details are real, and none of them embellished. Not even the size of the duck. I'm sure there's some people out there that couldn't have been really the size of you, Cameron. It was. <laughs> a duck just as big as me. What a story! I am having a time. Um, all right, we are going to keep the show rolling. And boy, this next pal is a friend. <laughs> Love this performer. Great performer. Amazing on uh, the old Tweeteroonie. On, great on Tweetser. Uh, and you'll love him there, and you'll love him here. Let's hear from Mr. Jake Wiseman. Guys, give it up for Jake! <laughs> Hi, I don't know if you can tell from the shirt, but I'm a clinically depressed. Uh, 
I uh, actually have had a very tough year, if you stick with me for a second. I know it's a little weird, a comedy show, but I woke up kind of the first day of the year, January 1st, just the worst depression of my life. I've chronic depression, but this was worse than normal. Just really sad about my career in life. Uh, ended up going to a psychologist uh, who couldn't help me at all. I ended up getting sick from the depression for about two weeks, so I had to stay home from work. I lost my job. So I ended up going to another psychologist who also couldn't help me. So I thought maybe it was physical, and I ended up going to a physician, did some blood work, and they couldn't find anything. Uh, so I thought, all right, it's time to maybe go on the pills. Like, my whole family's on pills, and I thought maybe it's time I take that path. So I ended up going to a psychiatrist who told me, you know, if your whole family's on it, you might need to be on pills, but just make sure it's not physical, because that's kind of like a lifelong thing. So not many people know this, but uh, about a month ago, I ended up checking into the hospital, and uh, I don't have great health care or anything, but this was like destroying my life this year. So I ended up getting a CAT scan, MRI, all that stuff. And then last week, I actually got the results of all that stuff, which explained everything that's been going on. And it turns out that I'm a little bitch. Uh, so I just have to stop being a little bitch. Oh, were you guys sad? Oh, no. You guys were really worried. It was cute. You know what I mean? Oh, man. I'm a Jewish. Uh, thank you. Uh, I uh, enjoy it very much. One of the reasons I love being a Jewish is that we're better than everyone. Uh, that's my favorite part. Some of you didn't laugh. If you didn't laugh, how'd you kill six million of us off when we still run the banks in Hollywood? I think that we're better. That's just straight up math. That's not even calculus. <laughs> Highly recommend getting that gig, by the way. If you can get Judaism, do it, because being Jewish is the only way to experience white privilege but still feel like a victim all the time, uh, which is definitely the best life around. We pretty much win. We pretty much win. Oh, man. I like porn so much. Uh, it's wonderful. I am 30. I've been watching porn since I was 15. I don't think I've missed a day. Uh, I've watched it. I've, I've watched a lot of porn. Definitely watch different porn than I used to because uh, the fantasies are different. When I was 15, the idea of sex you know, like, kept me alive. You know what I mean? So I just watched like like intense sex or gangbangs and I was like any of that would be great uh, if any of that happened one time in my life that's a successful life but uh, by the time you reach 30 you realize sex just doesn't feel good uh, it's uh, you do it to go to sleep you do it to please your partner it's probably the worst thing I have going in my life you know <laughs> and so now at 30 my ideal porn would just be two fully clothed people telling me things are going to be okay look I'd do anything for that and in terms of gangbangs I'd settle for a video of all of my exes apologizing to me at the same time I would just come all over the place you know Cameron uh, told a story about eating an edible, so I will tell you a story about the time I ate my first edible. Uh, I had never had a pot brownie. <laughs> Calm down, my friend. Uh, we all know you're high. Uh, I had never had a pot brownie before. I had no idea what they did. I thought they calmed you down. That's what I thought. They do the opposite of that, uh, if you haven't done that. But I thought they calmed you down. So I was like, I want one. And the reason... Why I wanted to become was because I was anxious because I thought I met the love of my life in New York. And the reason why I thought she was the love of my life was she reminded me of Zoe Deschanel before I realized that Zoe Deschanel was created by the media to give Jews boners. Uh, that's not a real personality. That's bangs and big eyes. And I fell for it. Anyway, I don't like flying anyway, so I got very anxious. And I called my friend who's a dealer, and I asked for a pop brownie. And uh, he gave me one. I said, how much should I take? He's like, take half. And I'd forgotten you shouldn't ask dealers how much you should take because they've given up on life. Uh, and they don't have the same body as you, and they react differently. I didn't realize that. So I ended up going to LAX. I went to Lot C. I'm sure you've been there. Uh, Long-term parking. At 7 in the morning, and I ate the brownie. I ate half the brownie, and I was like, I'm the man. 
I'm the best. I'm smuggling drugs in my body. I'm the coolest guy around. I'm going to fly across the country and have the sex of my dreams with the woman of my dreams. I am the coolest person alive. I go through security. I get to the gate. It's about 8 a.m. I sort of just daydreaming, la-di-da, la-di-da, la-di-da. When all of a sudden I realize, oh, I've had way too much. I'm going to die. I'm definitely going to die. This is the highest I've ever been, and it's 8 in the morning, and I'm in an airport. Uh, I definitely want to kill myself right now. This is the worst decision I've ever made. I think I'm going to get arrested. I want to vomit. I want to puke. I know I'm going to die right now. So I I feel blurry. I feel like Robin Williams in Deconstructing Harry. I feel like a blurry person. I am so fucking high that I get down on the ground, and I hold my ticket above my head and audibly say for 30 minutes someone take my ticket 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 and then when I got up everyone was on the plane and they're like sir if you don't give us your ticket we're gonna have to arrest you and I was like oh I think this is my ticket and they're like get on the plane sir okay this is enough this is enough and I'm I'm just it's I'm just steamrolling with with anxiety right now I am so high I can't see anything I'm wobbling down the corridor I don't know what's going I'm sure this is the end of my life I don't know what's going to happen I can't believe how high I am I think I've taken heroin I don't even know what's going on I have to sit in the middle seat because I booked the plane late and then what happens at that exact moment is a man sits next to me who has no arms literally none and I was like are you fucking kidding me right now how could you do this to me, God, I don't believe in? How could you smite me like this? Ashton, where are you? Am I unpunked? I don't understand. I'm not even famous. I don't understand. And even worse than that, I was wearing a hat. I'm like, how'd you get the hat in your head? I don't understand. You literally have no arms. So I'm having a straight up panic attack and I want to die. And I'm like, well, this is it. This is it. I decide I'm never going to look left. I'm never going to look at him the entire flight. And I was on JetBlue and they had those little screens. So I get an inch away from the screen and I turned it on. And it was college golf. And I look like the biggest fan of college golf of all time. I was like, fucking swing that putter. Was it a nine iron? I don't care. I love you. You know what I mean? So I'm just there like tweaking, just staring at the screen like, oh my God, oh my God, for four hours. They're coming up the aisles like asking me if I want drinks. I'm not answering them. I won't talk to anyone. I won't move. I have to pee. I won't pee. And then after four hours, I just passed out, which was like the best thing that could have happened to me. And I woke up with about 30 minutes left in the flight and I had to pee worse than I'd ever had to pee in my entire life. And I was like, oh man, I think I just have to do it. I think I just have to deal with this guy. I don't want to, but I, but I was like, I have to. So I composed myself. I reminded myself that I'm a man who can deal with situations like this. I took a deep breath. I stood up and I looked to the left and I was like, oh, that guy definitely has arms. Yeah. Uh, I'm just really <laughs> fucked up right now. Yeah. Thank you. I'm Jake Weissman. Have a good night. I don't mind, but I'm going to just start. Uh, I would like to get a chat with you. Let's do it. Um, and we can just seamlessly have the conversation we're already having. Mm-hmm. So, and you can chime in if you'd like, Brent Sullivan. Nobody's imposing any amounts of anything. So, uh, but I know you also have to leave. You are preparing for your first album. Actually, you know what? I released an album years Did you? ago. Like, so I was a baby to stand up. I mean, I had basically just started. I'm going to shut this for a second. Um, and I. I just wanted to put something out that was like, this is what I've done so far. And it's weird because now... You're I mean, a million I, times better. Well, I mean, I think I put it on like 2010. I oh, mean, wow. And yeah, yeah. That's a lot yeah. of not being ready to... Yeah, yeah. But I mean, it's, I'm not like... I'm not like ashamed of it. It's just not an album. Right. Like, it's like, it's almost like a... It's like if you just did like a YouTube video of an hour. Do you mind me saying something? I'm sorry. To Do it. <clears throat> But uh, it's so funny how, like, a special 
like, you know, kind of everyone gears up for Comedy Central specials. So if you get your half hour, it's really 21 minutes. Right. So, and, and like that's sort of like the penultimate, like, milestone in, in your career. That's 21 minutes. Yeah. The album is 60 minutes for, I, I mean, truly, everyone that's like... Yeah. I don't, I don't know of outside of, you know, the gods, and they're still probably my favorites, who you're like, eh, that's a week, ten minutes. Uh, you know, it's a week middle section. It's like, I think it's hard for everyone. You know, a couple years ago or not, yeah. you know? Yeah, oh, absolutely. And I mean, I for sure understand what you're saying. I, I think it's more just like... I think what I realized doing it the first time is that, like, what is strange about stand-up is that is how big the progress is. It's it's bizarre because even if you don't, I mean, you go up a ton, all of us go up a ton, but like even if you don't, the years really help. Like they, yeah. they just knowledgeable, like like your knowledge and also how calm you are and just assured you are. You know you're going to be performing again. It's nothing's a big deal. You're just way calmer on stage. It just makes you. It just makes everything better. Yeah, absolutely. And I also, you know, like you could record your Comedy Central half hour and then they release it like six months later and all that time you've been on stage and it doesn't yeah. sound like that much. I mean in the scheme of your career it's not the difference between the year you started and 20 years in but it is weird how much can be accomplished in that time if you're like hitting it hard absolutely it's almost it's almost like if you watch a video of yourself from six months before and you don't hate it for some reason, yeah. you're not doing the right, right. thing. No, absolutely. And that yeah. actually makes me feel fine. It's like, yeah. oh, thank God. That's like, no, so where I'm at, I'm not satisfied with this. Yeah. But I actually, I feel great about what is going on right now, material-wise, because uh, I have like a big kind of like, it's almost like a moment in time right now, politically, yeah. nationally, that oh, like yeah. the stuff I'm talking about, I feel like if I don't put it out right now, it, not that it like will be stale. I just think like it's of the moment. It's of right now. Not that it's topical. It's like just cultural or almost something. Like oh that. no, I definitely think so. I, I remember. I think Brent and I were on. I could we, be wrong. We kissed, that night. we kissed a lot. <laughs> well, was it that night or was it that morning after? It might have gone into morning. <laughs> the next morning. Yeah, yeah. But I think I was, there was something. Maybe I heard. I don't. I think it was the day that. California was like, okay, everyone can get married now, oh, yes. and you were like psyched about. You were like, you were like, I'm bouncing off the walls. I don't really know what to do, something yeah. like that. And like, that's for you. Like, that's like a huge moment in time. Right. That's like, that's like your life. Yeah, that's like a big. That's like that's the the world changing. Yeah, you were. So here. Cool. You guys were both here for that. I think you're so. Right. I think I can't. No, remember. I think you're totally right. I yeah. remember that. But that's awesome. Absolutely, and also you're like, I feel like you're very. I feel like now you're writing articles for AV Club, and like your voice is so defined, and like. This is your time. This is when you oh, should be recording. No, I mean really it. Lovely. I mean, I think everyone would just agree with that. I think it's like, <laughs> for sure. Like, it's like, oh. this is, you should be putting out your statement right now. I'm sorry, I'm blabbing more in this, this, this thing half to death, but I also think it's, it's the fast. Oh, did you light him? No. I'm just jumping up for nervous. Uh, oh, I want to hear the last thing of this really quickly. What's Reason? the fastest? I mean, to my understanding, I'm no, like, you know, cultural movements. Guest bomb, guest bomb. Oh, motion capture. in the building, guest <laughs> the fastest moving rights movement that I've ever known of. And I think... Yes. I think, perhaps not in Mississippi, but I think it will be largely settled in the in the, the cultural debate is, is close to over, and I think it'll be settled in three to five years. So I agree. I think it's great to get... I mean, all this stuff will be relevant in 50 years, 
but I think it's good to to get it on record to like know how we feel about it now. You know, I mean, this is so heady, but God is fucking true. Like we have to talk about it now so that we can remember what it was like. I mean, because it'll be different. Be too good in thirty. Yeah, we have to remember the shit. I can't believe that we just spent this whole time talking about me. That's literally never happened uh, in an interview. You guys are both charming. I have to go take Michael Palasek off stage. Okay, thank you so much for this, guys. Jake Wiseman, give it up for Jake. Oh, I love that man. Hey, uh, we are going to keep it right on rolling. This next performer, we always love him when he... We always love him? We always love him. That's true. We do always love him. And it's fucking awesome when he does the show. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Chris Fairbanks. Let's hear it for Chris. Yeah, that's my jam. Keep... Turn it down. I, uh... It's my jam, but only for a second. And then fucking get it out. It's my jam, but it's not my joint. I have a easy skinny. I've uh, now because Jake, I've, he's wearing a cat shirt, and he's talking about airplane ports. So I'm. Um, it reminded me of a joke. I um, I went to uh, the airport with my cat in a bo- in a bag. A cat box, it's a box-like bag. It's fabric, but it's box. Like, is there's a handle. I'm moving, I was moving him to Montana to retire from his, I don't know what he did for a living, but he was done in L.A. He'd done enough, and uh, this is hot. And he had AIDS, or he ended up having AIDS. I didn't know he had AIDS. I, okay, I fucked up my thing already. I went there and I was like, I have to fly my cat to Montana because he's in my closet and he's shitting in a litter box, but all my clothes are in there. And uh, like this, everything smells. So I guess the cat has to go to another state. That's the way I deal with stuff. What am I going to do? Drill a hole in the wall? Uh, So he can go, whatever. Anyway, so I went went to a... uh, you have to, you have to, I found out that you have to find out. I found out that you have to find out. I could have cut out the middleman and just found out myself. That uh, your cat has to be uh, able to take sedatives. Otherwise, your cat can die. It'll just die of a heart attack. So you have to go there and get uh, to the vet and get a blood test. Um, and I did that. I brought my cat in and uh, she called back later that day and she said, yep, the cat's fine. Everything's fine. You can totally give your cat these big-ass sedatives. And then I was like, oh, okay, thanks. And then she goes, oh, your cat has AIDS. And I was like, what? Oh, that would have been the first thing I would have said. Because um, that's a big deal. That's a big, scary word. It has been my whole life. And then my cat has it. So what do you do? You know, you give him shots. He'll live a normal life. All right. But I'm, it's on my brain, and then I went to the uh, airport with my cat in the box bag, and um, in LAX, just at the gate, and he started uh, panting with its tongue out like a dog would, but it's a cat, so it's, he's dying then, that means. <laughs> like he's just, and his eyes were rolling back, and he was just shitting a, a whole bunch, uh, just shitting in the thing, and you know how... When, like, a mom has a baby and they're screaming and they're like, fuck everybody, I'm just taking care of my baby. And, they, and you're like, oh, that's impressive. She's not 
bothered by the fact that I hate her and her baby. Uh, that's how I was all of a sudden with my cat, because I was just dumping shit in the trash. At the gate, there's like a trash can, and I'm just poops are coming out. And my cat's walking around. He's just walking around. I just got him out, and he got to walk around. I'm like, now I don't care about anyone. Shit, unload. And then... Uh, there was a cat lady, like an older lady, with a cat sweatshirt with glitter. Hang in there. And uh, her and I had some uh, uh, Bloody Marys. And uh, she offered for me to uh, paint her house in Catalina. Anyway, uh, she, she had cats. She had flown with cats. And she was, like, putting me at ease a little bit. She's like, ah, it's fine. AIDS with cats, not the same as AIDS with the people and uh, I couldn't get it out, out of my head actually when the vet said your cat has AIDS I was like uh, wow can people get and she's like no people can't get AIDS from cats I'm like yeah I knew that I just wanted to see if you knew that because the cat had fleas and they'd dig in my ankles and so I thought I still thought that maybe I had cat AIDS um, it was on my mind so this but this lady's like just, uh, she was next to me. And maybe we had too many drinks, because right when I got on the plane, I was like, AIDS cat, coming through, this cat has AIDS. AIDS cat! Uh, just to her, but I guess it was loud. Airplanes are like speakers, the cylindrical nature. So it hit everyone's ears. And then uh, once we got on the plane, sedatives didn't work. He started fucking Linda Blair, head spin, tongue out, ah. He started making a noise, a human noise. Sounded like this. Nah, that's not a cat. Fuck this shit. Fuck this noise, is what I said. And I unzipped that shit. We're in the air. We're flying uh, passenger bus. Uh, in the air, I just let my cat walk down the aisle. Uh, and just say hi. He's real cordial. He's like, yeah, hello. Uh, it started to really wind down, uh, which was great. But then the cat went all the way to the back. And uh, some lady, I could hear a lady way in the back go, oh, don't pet that cat, he has AIDS. Uh, which made it so great for me. It's like, I guess I'm not the only one that's a total idiot. And then there's, uh, my cat lady was next to me. And she was on her phone. She had like a brand new iPhone. All with cat pictures. I was like, wow, but she was like sifting through the menu and everything. She knew her way around an iPhone 5, and I was like, wow, that's great. Because she was older. She was like 70-something. And, uh, but then she goes, uh, oh, I keep, I keep booty calling everyone. I was like, oh, what? That's the gross. Really? She's looking right at me. Yeah, booty calls. And... Uh, and then, but then she goes, uh, yeah, I booty called my daughter the other day. I just looked down, and there it was ringing. Uh, I was like, oh, man, ma'am, you mean uh, butt dial. Is that what you mean, butt dial? You butt dialed your daughter? She's like, what? how are they different? Those are the same thing. I'm like, oh, they're, they're quite not. Uh, and then she's like, uh, well, tell me, how are they different? So like, you want me to explain? Right now? Okay. Uh, well, uh, a butt dial is what you've been doing. The end. <laughs> She's like, you, okay. Uh, a booty call is when a, a, a woman like yourself uh, needs the sudden, immediate, intimate attention late at night from one of many male suitors. 
And she's like, oh, I've been doing that my whole life. And, that, uh, and then she just really looked at me, and I'm like, are you hitting on me? And I'm not like an ageist person, but she was like melted candle uh, lady. And I was just like, oh, that's what this bag is for. All this shit flew out of my mouth. It was like a shark gut. Uh, cut open. Just part of an old tire license plate. Um, Alright, I'm gonna wrap this up. That'd be funny if right then I just made eye contact and put on a condom. Alright. Wrap it Went to uh, a museum the other day and the uh, lady, she's a volunteer, but she's at the front door. She's like, wow, you have the body of Michelangelo's David. And I was like, ah, yeah, I get it. You know, I'm very muscular, I'm pale, and I'm hairless, and I'm missing most of my penis. Uh, usually does a lot better. All right, well, I got the light five times. So uh, I'm just going to leave you with it. Oh, I'll leave you with a character. People love this shit. Uh, character, the play, we got the thing, the stage. Uh, here's a character. One door closes, another one opens. <laughs> uh, that's my impression of a guy trying to stay positive while living in a haunted house. Uh, Jesus, why do I sound like Nick fucking Nolte? All right, um, I'll just leave you with this. Just, it's inspirational, so uh, <laughs> it's important to sweat. Uh, it's important. Okay, wait. It's a, okay. Here's this is very inspirational. Other than the one where your teeth keep falling out and then they grow back and then those ones fall out and then you look down and your hands are melting and then you look down further and your lower legs are that of a horse and then you look over and you're on a tugboat and your dad's driving and he's your young dad but then he's old dad and then he's you. And then you look down, the floor's made of feathers. Other than that one, it's important to follow your dreams. All right, thanks, you guys. Guys, Mr. Chris Fairbanks, one time for Chris. Hey, keep it right on rolling. We're going to bring Rhea Butcher out here, co-host on the show. Let's hear it for Rhea. She is walking out right now. Let's hear it for Rhea. Hey, bud. Hello. We are going to Boston this week, right? We are going to Boston. We're going to travel on it. I did want to tell you one thing I was thinking about when you were talking what about was your that? sister with the pistachio eyes. Uh-huh. And you're like, why? Because they're green? I was thinking, why? Because they're hard to open? Yeah, that's great. That's great. You know why? Maybe she used too much eyelash glue. Yeah. Fucking absorbing some shit. She's she's went ah, <laughs> like so sweetly acknowledging that that's like yeah, that is a that's thing. Totally you, a thing. You named it a thing. What I put onto you. Uh, that's how people talk. Hey, sure. you, uh, so I mean, we should. I mean, do you want to? Well, we should. Just, yeah, so we're we co-host the show, but we're just fiancés and stuff. Also, like, you so, can tell by the jam. But you can get you can get stoked on that. But it's also just like sometimes it's kind of uh, yeah, we yeah, we yeah, our outfits are the same. Um, <laughs> hers and hers, hers and hers and hers jackets. Hers and hers from Levi's jackets. Yeah, they're not the same either. Do you guys know anyone like? Oh, they're wearing the same jacket. No, fuck you. Different cuts. <laughs> Different fabric, even. Mine's not stretchy. Here's a little stretchy. Is it a little stretchy? 
yeah, mine's not stretchy. Uh, mine's shorter, you know, like more of a hips to hip. Um, and yours kind of uh, right at the belt. It taps the hip. Taps the hip. Yours hits the hip, mine taps the hip. Mine's a more violent jacket. <laughs> We're gonna we're gonna travel uh, together t- t- today. Nope, that's not true. Yeah. When we leave here. We're gonna ride in a car together. Yeah, that's what I wanted to talk about. How fucking crazy that is. Wanna let but you that guys guy's know. like that is crazy. <laughs> oh wow, he is really. See, he's reclined. Wow. He's getting slower, slower. That's the word is lower. Like a, yeah, ooh. slowly getting lower. Um, like Judge Doom at the end of Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Ooh. Wow, that's such a specific reference. So specific, nobody got it. R.I.P. R.I.P. Uh, yes. What's his ass? Eddie Valiant. Yep, that's not. But his real name is Whatever. something else. <laughs> she got it. Fucking that person loved it. I nailed it. Uh, not usually the person that I'm going to take you to Boston. You've never yes. been. I have not. But been I went to, to college there. I lived there for years. What are you expecting from the old uh, Bean Town? The, old, the oldest is that the old net? No, that's the world's Virginia. oldest city. Yeah, the oldest Boston, city in the world, right? Boston. Um, they have the ruins. Well, I've the Boston been... ruins. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, <laughs> um, indeed. Uh, I think it's going to be wicked hard to park that car. No, don't say that. I mean, oh, okay. you can say that. But I mean, I just mean like... That's why I'm saying it right now. Yeah, yeah. Get it out of your I gotta system. I got to get it out of my system. Because if you get over there and you're doing that, that's like going to Asia and just like holding the sides of your eyes. It's like... <laughs> okay. All right, I get it. Like nobody's going to be into that. Uh... Appreciative snort. You did it. Uh, yeah, but so you're expecting, oh yeah, that, they do, yeah, you'll hear some accents for sure. Sure. And I like that when I say accents, my Chicago roots come out. Accent. You'll hear an accent. You might. Anywho. Um, That's it. Yes. Uh, yeah, you'll hear an accent or Really two. excited to go see Cheers or the exterior space that yeah, is that's your favorite a stand-in show. of Cheers. That's your favorite show. And then the the, exter- the the outside shot is from a bar in Boston. Yeah. And then inside, they just decided to not remake the inside of the bar to look like the bar from Cheers. Let's talk about this for a minute. We live in a world where there are entire lands where they've built nonsense shit that resembles sort of something that we watched somebody draw when we were a kid. Sure. I'm talking about Disney World. Disney World. <laughs> we, we like, I just, I, but the Cheers bar is just a separate bar and then the external shots the, at the beginning, you know, like dun, 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 boom, that something part. about a name. Um, yeah, that is, uh, exists on a bar and then inside it's just a totally different like, <laughs> oh, you were expecting that other thing and we would have made a lot more money if we had built that in here? No, this is just a different place. It's just, an un- it's just a regular bar. I don't know your name. Yeah. So, not fun. I am really excited to go to Cheers, though, because I actually feel like that is the only place that people would know my name. Or will they pronounce it correctly when they, when they card you? They'll yeah. be like, Rhea yeah. Butcher. Yeah, as opposed to Rhea. Correct. Rhea Pullman was on the show. Yeah, I'm just and we look exactly it. alike. 
Right, plus you're the same height, and I'm Danny DeVito. <laughs> right. So they'll know from that. Yep. That's how they'll know how to pronounce your name. Right. When I'm like, hey, that's my twin, Arnold! When I say that. I used to be a penguin! Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's my Danny DeVito in Batman Returns. Is Got that it. the one? Thank you. Nailed it. Good job. Uh, yeah. Um, we haven't seen Michelle Pfeiffer in a while, just as a side note. It's been a long Where's time. Where's she at? I think she's teaching inner city youth how to write poetry. She never got out of there? She didn't get out of there. I think she just took it up as a job. You know what I was thinking about not too long ago? I was thinking about how amazingly contrived Sister Act 2 is. Correct. In comparison to Sister Act 1? Well, just in the world. But Sister Act 1, it's like, all right, here's a crazy thing. What if a nun, witness protection, or what if a a lounge act, witness protection, becomes a nun? And then in the second one, they're just like, that happened again! (laughs) This time just for fun. It happened again! Lauren Hill! It happened again. We need her, so it happened again. And she's like... I guess, and they're like, please, and then she's like, okay, um, and that's... I honestly feel like when they were coming up with the idea, they were like, okay, this movie is going to be about a nun somehow, <laughs> but the sequel is going to be called Back in the Habit. Right <laughs> <laughs> we have to figure both out right now. Yeah. They started to cast Lauren Hill first. They were like, this girl's got a great voice. Um, this is pretty deep. These are pretty deep cuts. They're deep cuts. From movies that some people in here don't seem to have seen. That's fucking fine. I don't give a shit if you've seen Sister Act 2. Back in the habit. You know where Michelle Pfeiffer's been? Grease 2. Yeah. She's in that. <sighs> what do you guys not have Netflix or something? <laughs> None of these movies are on Netflix. This is no, just all not. up here. Still trap. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, great. And then sure. uh, anything else you're looking forward to seeing like um, cobbles or like um, other stuff like that Boston-y kind of stuff Revere's Paul's yeah Revere's he's not there anymore but his house you can go to his, his house his house is it yeah does it have a bell outside or something? I don't know you don't remember I don't know anything about what history he did. can we talk about movies again yeah sure <laughs> he didn't there's no bell I don't think what if bell what? and two of my scene I thought it was one ringy dingy by lane. You know what's amazing this about is it? It's getting so layered. The reason that he has, like, the, that they put the lights is so that people can see that, you know, for a long distance. I mean, oh. Not me, I have shit eyes, but, like, other people. Well, Ben Franklin <laughs> had glasses. Did he already exist? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> so we would have been fine. Um, but, uh, you know, you put the lights up so that people could see. But I sure. like the idea that we lost the, in a parallel sense of time, we lost the Revolutionary War because Paul Revere just misheard them and rang a bell twice. <laughs> Nobody heard that shit. <laughs> it's very local. Yeah. It's like, I just rang a bell. You hear, you hear the bell? Huh? Figure out where they're coming from. He was playing the triangle. Yeah, he's was that one or two? I can't tell. It's a triangle. Can you play one on a triangle? I think you always play three on a triangle. Yeah, that's so a great point. Ding, ding, ding. That's yeah. one? Yeah. Or that was three? <laughs> ding, 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 I don't ding, know ding, ding. I don't know if I should come that's in. That's two. No, that was six. I don't know if I should come in for dinner or not. <laughs> Thank you. That was great. Uh, we... We really nailed that. I loved that. Yeah, uh, Rhea Butcher, ladies and gentlemen. Thank Let's hear from Rhea. We have one final performer.
more on the show. He's gonna knock it out of the park. Uh, I have known this gentleman for a very long time, and uh, he's just, he's killing it. He's all over your TVs, and he's very funny, uh, very funny guy, and he's a pal of mine. Let's hear from Mr. Michael Palasek, guys. Give it up for Michael. Thanks, thank you. Sometimes uh, before a show, you know, I'm trying to figure out, like, what do I wear? You know, what's... When I come to Cameron's show, I know it's always safe to wear jeans and a shirt that looks like jeans. (laughs) I will be welcomed by the host. I was in a doctor's office waiting room a little while ago, and there was a kid playing with his dad's iPad, and the game didn't go very well. He, like, he got upset, and he almost threw it. Like, it was like the point where he, like, was going to throw it, and then he realized, oh, I can't throw that, and he stopped himself. And the dad, the dad just took it away, and the kid just freaked out. He's like, I didn't even drop it. I just did that one thing. And the dad was like, no, you can't play with it right now. And the kid was like, but I didn't even drop it. I just did that one thing. And the dad was like, stop. You can't play with it for the rest of the day now, the whole day. And the kid was like, but I didn't even drop it. I just did that one thing. And I'm totally invested in this relationship now. (laughs) I'm just thinking, shut up, kid. (laughs) Otherwise, you're never going to get it back. (laughs) I know that you didn't even rob it. You only did that one thing. (laughs) But that doesn't matter right now. It doesn't matter what's right and what's wrong. It just matters whether you get that thing back. So you can do more things... (laughs) He just kept complaining. It got up to a 10 day, 10 days. I couldn't take it. I wanted to go to like an ATM, just get a bunch of cash and be like, here, go buy your own thing. You don't need that man in your life anymore. He's only trouble for you. You can move on. We don't need this. I can't take this. I currently own a Ninja Turtle t-shirt. Um, it's, uh, it's pretty cool. It's black and white. It says Turtle Power. It's, from Hot Topic. <laughs> I was wearing it one time at a store and there was a lady at the register and she was older and she was from another country so I didn't think we had anything, you know, to talk about. But she saw my shirt and she just jumped right in. She was like, oh, turtle power. I like that. <laughs> I don't think... <laughs> she was like, yeah, slow and steady wins the race. <laughs> You're old school turtle power. That's, that's pre-ooze turtle power. I didn't have the heart to tell her. I was just like, yes, yes it is. Uh, let me pay for this before I laugh in your face. I like talking to people at stores. I bought these shoes. They're, uh, they're like old school New Balance shoes and the guy was working there and I was looking at these shoes and I was like, are these running shoes? Can I run in these? And, uh, and the guy was like, no, they're more for walking around. And, and, uh, because uh, I'm hilarious sometimes. I was just like, what if there's danger? Well, it's good to know. Can I run if there's danger or do I not have the arch support? That'd be embarrassing if a fire alarm goes off and it's like, oh boy. I do not have the footwear for this. 
uh, one of my friends is in a relationship right now, and she's she's a little older than us, but it's okay. She's still pretty. And uh, <laughs> his issue is that she's also more successful because she's been at life longer, and. Uh, he doesn't like that. When he gets unsuccessful, he remembers that. Like one time he said this around me. He was like, I just hate it that my girlfriend makes more money than me. Oh, you poor baby. Oh. <laughs> I hope she loses her job. <laughs> Maybe we can frame her for a felony. <laughs> I just don't get it. Like, like he, he has a girlfriend who he loves, and she has a lot of money. He took, took two good things, put them together, and then found a way to complain about it. <laughs> <laughs> what? That doesn't make sense. That'd be like if I was like, oh, I got these awesome Bears tickets, yeah, and they want me to play. <sighs> I want to watch the game. Finally got good seats, but I'm going to be on the field living out my childhood dreams. <laughs> I wish my life would turn around. <laughs> I tried to think about in my life when I've had that. You know, I want to relate to him. So I was like, when have I had two good things? and complain about it. And I realize that's when I'm on a date with a girl who's like really pretty and I like her a lot. That's like the one good thing. And then uh, if we're, we order dessert and that's really good and that's the other good thing and uh, put them together and I don't get all of the dessert. <laughs> it's not something that lingers in my head but for a little bit I'm complaining about it. I'm <laughs> like really? I like, I'm enjoying the dessert and and I want more, but she's there, so I don't get more. <laughs> I can see the cause of my pain in front of my eyes. And it's, you have to be together for a long time to not share dessert, right? For you to be like, mine! Like, for them. <laughs> for, for her to be like, what are we going to do now? For you to be like, well, I'm going to order dessert, and you're going to keep your fork on that side of the table. That's what, it did make me grateful for when I do go, if, I, if I'm on the road and I go to a restaurant by myself and I, I order dessert. That is a benefit because I get to eat all of it, you know, and so it's a good thing. One time I was at a restaurant and they brought the dessert and there were two spoons with it and I was eating by myself. Oh, what am I supposed to say to that? Like, <laughs> thank you for allowing me to pretend. Now I can pretend to be a young couple sharing a dessert. <laughs> That's great. The girl's like, oh, this is such great dessert. Oh. The guy's like, but it doesn't fix things. <laughs> that was an imaginary couple with real problems. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. I'm Michael Palzak. I appreciate it.
Hey, this is Arnie Niekamp from the Improv Fantasy Podcast, Hello from the Magic Tavern. I fell through a dimensional portal behind a Burger King in Chicago into the magical land of Foon, and I started a podcast. Season three has just begun with a brand new adventure to defeat the Dark Lord. If you're a new listener or you've fallen behind, season three is a great jumping on point. And we've got great guests like Justin McElroy. I sound like a fancy college professor. Eight nuts. <laughs> Rachel Bloom. You all see my collection of men corpses and one woman. Felicia Day and Colton Dunn. You've seen <coughs> me have intercourse with a variety of species. It's a bummer. Andy Daly. You have the members of Genesis listed, but Phil Collins yeah. has crossed out and then circled and crossed out again. Ah, uh, yes. I have killed Phil Collins twice. Thomas Middleditch. <laughs> Oh, Jesus! I mean, Jazos! <laughs> ruler of the Eighth Circle! And that's just the beginning. Season three of Hello from the Magic Tavern is out now. Listen in Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.